RadioInfluence.com. Hey guys, welcome to this week's Unfold and Boss Up. We chatted with Dr. Sharon Jones. She's the founder and CEO of The Dot Consulting Company. And she has the Dottie Rose Foundation. She also has a radio show called Coding Future. And she has her own podcast as well called Lady Tech Charmers. She is just in the middle of implementing some cutting edge technology. She's focused on new age um, education. She sits in North Carolina. So we're really excited to kind of branch out and connect with her. Right. And we actually met her through a group called the No Tribe, which we're members of. And it's women supporting women. And we saw a, an article she wrote on the on the No Tribe um, newsletter and website that they um, sent out. And we reached out and we're super excited because I think she's the first No Tribe member that we've had on the show. So um, she's amazing. She's super fun and funny. And I can't wait for y'all to listen to it. Yeah, guys, enjoy. Well, thank you, Sharon, for being on here with us today. We met kind of, well, we through the No Tribe. We're both No Tribe members, which I think is a, a great organization, women supporting women and networking and, you know, kind of boss babes out there. Mm-hmm. So um, met that way because you're a No Tribe member of in Charlotte, correct? Yep. Yes, that is correct. And we're in Tampa. So I love that reach too, you know? Yeah. Us being in Tampa, you being in Charlotte. I love that we're able to connect through the same, yeah, same group. Right? It is nice. It's really been wonderful for myself. You know, there is a, first of all, thank you all so much for having me. I didn't say that a moment ago. I, really, <laughs> I do appreciate this very, and, and I'm elated to be here because when you reached out, it, it gave me pitter patter of excitement because sometimes entrepreneurship can be very lonely and especially for females in in boss babes or however we want to classify ourselves that are really making waves and making differences having other people to talk to that have gone through similar experiences is just amazing because otherwise sometimes you feel like you're in a silo or by yourself so I am thrilled to be a part of the No Network. It's a great opportunity for me to meet other women and showcase our businesses and collaborate. I mean, right. that's the even better part about it is because it's an open, the, we all are on the same, I said this before, it's like walking into a room where everybody is as uh, ambitious as I am. And so it makes it a great way to be like, hey, you want to work together? Sweet, let's do this. Yeah, Love yeah. Love that. And I, you had an article that you had written and I saw it in the No Tribe newsletter and I was like, wow, like, I feel like I can really connect to her and I love it. And we, we share a lot of the same passions and um, ideas. So I wanted to have you share a little bit about that article today and tell us about you and what you do and your story. Um, So first of all, I guess, tell us your your background, what you do. Tell us a little bit about you. Sure. Well, thank you. So my background is in education. I've spent the, ba- the better part of the past 20 years teaching 
computer science. Uh, high school is really my area of expertise, but I've also taught higher ed and now have ventured into the middle school space. And so I have spent time really developing curriculum, implementing curriculum, working with teachers to help people better understand what is computer science and how to use the discipline and the um, thought process around technology as a way to create and not just consume. So really what's occurred over the past four years or so is my venture into entrepreneurship happened very organically. I was teaching and then I was in an administration and then I left the K-12 entity and went into the higher ed. But I began to be asked by school districts or schools to say, hey, can you come help us better understand this whole thing? Like what is STEM? What is coding? What is tech? Like how do I use this tech to make this easier? And so it developed into a business and it's called the dot consulting. And so I work with K-12 schools to help them integrate computer science, technology, STEM, STEAM, STREAM, whatever is the uh, acronym of choice for the school, Uh, lots of them. (laughs) And uh, in midst of all of that, uh, most of my work over the past, you know, two decades of teaching has really been around helping young women find their voice. Because when I was teaching in the high school area, I began to notice a a fall or a decrease in young women enrolling in my classes. So I taught um, in the IT academy and then amongst that was within my computer science classes. So some were programming, some were web development, some were around um, computer science principles, which were sort of like a baseline for, for what is CS. And um, that was disheartening to me. So I wanted to figure out what was happening. Where, where was the disconnect between young ladies being in elementary to middle to then by the time they got to high school, making decisions that technology was not for them? And in doing so, I developed quite um, a rapport with the young women in my classes and was able to help coach and mentor them over the years. And ultimately, that led to me taking the uh, consulting business that I had begun and and swing off to the side here, a nonprofit called the Dottie Rose Foundation, which is named in honor of my grandmother. And we support middle school girls in computer science because through my research and um and just experience, I realized that middle school is where we were missing the mark. Girls were hitting that stage of puberty. They were hitting the area of beginning to sort of figure out what it is they like to do. You know, they're not, they're bridging out of being in the kid area into teen, semi young adulthood. And so that's a long story, ladies, of, of my background. I, I think the ultimate through line here is that I love computer science and tech. I've been in education, and so I run a consulting business that supports schools to do that. I work with teachers and students, and then I run the nonprofit to uh, fulfill my heart and passion for girls and help them find their voice in tech. I love it, which is where that article comes into play. So I think, did you write that for for those girls? I did. It was out of, so it's a little bit of a combination. I found myself saying many of the same things to girls and to my educators. You know, education is a very strange space. And, and while we are experts in, in many of the fields that we are, areas of expertise, let, let me kind of back that up. Teachers have an area of expertise in elementary, middle, high, whatever it is. But sometimes their confidence is wavered 
by outside influences or content or pieces of, 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 of processes that are put into place. And I found that I was having to, when we started talking about really finding their own technological genius, because as we have, te- as we've been teaching, you know, technology has changed so quickly, but yet there hasn't been a ton of support and integration to help teachers better understand how to implement it. And then the same thing happens with the middle school girls where they actually are just, they're killer at most anything they do. But the first thing they'll say to me is, I can't do math. Well, who told you that? Right. No one said that to you that you can't do math. I mean, except for yourself or you struggled with something that you were learning. So that was really the impetus for why I started to write uh, building your confidence and, and doing that through passion. Because when we are, when we have a passion or we have an interest in something, that is, that's the first step. Right. We often feel like we don't have confidence because we don't feel like we can do it. But start with what we can do and let's start there. And then that begins to build your confidence to try things you don't know. Mm-hmm. No, a hundred percent. I think that's huge. I think if you're passionate about something, even if you're not good at it at first, I feel like you'll you'll, your passion will come through and you'll work harder and you'll want to do it. And then you'll get good at it. Like you can, you can be good at anything. You just need to put a little time and effort and passion behind it and it'll come. Yeah. You know, we live in, we live right now and, and all of us are guilty of this, of the instant gratification. We see something, we click on it. It's at our doorstep in 20 minutes or a day or whatever, you know, whatever it is. I mean, like we have so much instantaneous gratification that, the concept of having to work and fail at something has been lost a bit. Mm-hmm. I know it's been lost quite a bit in education because there is a binary fact of either you answer the multiple choice question right or you answer it wrong, right? And that's right. happened across the board in terms of testing and, and what that looks like as a whole nother soapbox. But uh, for us as adults, and, and also remember this, as adults, we have so many other things that are coming into our brain at the same time that we need things to happen quickly if we want to learn it, but we have to be okay with the fact that if you do it the first time, you may not get it and you might right. need to do it a second. I've always gone along the, um, the notion that we must repeat things about seven times before we begin to start letting it sink into our brains. We like things in odd numbers as humans and as adults, we have to do things in small snippets. But if you don't get it the first time, don't give up. Let's just try again right? Try it again, try it again. And ultimately, by the time you do it, like the third or fourth time, you're like, oh, huh. Okay. Okay. I got this. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not this. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. not to be perfect, but then by the fourth time, you might have some knowledge of like, mm, maybe I could Google that. Right. You know, like to figure out what to, how to solve X, Y, or Z. Right. So how do you, what, what advice would you give anyone really it doesn't necessarily have to be a, a young woman per se, um, like how do they figure out where they fit in? Oh yeah, this is a good question. How do we figure out where they fit in? All right, the first thing that I often tell them is, I call it the boomerang fact, right? What is it that you constantly go back to? A boom, a boom, a boom. Like if you sit down and you really think about what it is that you always go back to, it's like this thing that you just can't, like, is it dance? Is it art? For me, it actually was education. You know, I tried for many years to not be an educator because I came from a long line of educators. 
And, but I kept finding myself going back, going back. There was something about it that filled my bucket. What is it that fills your bucket? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what I tell them. All right. Now, what is it? Okay. If it's dance, if it's art, if it's food, if it's math, if it's reading, whatever it is, let's go there and start deconstructing what that looks like. And then how do we begin to fill in the gaps for a, well, for me, a lot of times I'll say, okay, well, what technological piece goes along? So dance is in my brain right now because we're getting, we're, we're working on a workshop around dance and code, but there's an entire field that is all based around artificial intelligence and machine learning, which is teaching a machine to do something or to learn. And it's, around dancers coming in and dancing and um, the researchers will put sensors and they will watch how people move so then they can then emulate that in robotics and uh, software that they use. One of the biggest, um, well, this this came out a couple of years ago and y'all may have heard about this, but where Nordstrom, I think it was Nordstrom, and now I'm going to get the name wrong, but one of the big retailers came out with a way to try on clothes, which was virtual. Mm-hmm. And it was all based on sensory of like, here was, you took a picture of yourself and then it would emulate your body. Well, that's wow. all done through people coming in and doing movement and research. And that's, you want to dance? All right got you. You can come in and dance and move around and they can do that. And then they can study our movements and then use that to help develop technology. I love that. That's amazing. As soon as you said dance, I think Steph and I were like, yep, we're in. (laughs) Tell us about it. How does it relate to tech? That's awesome. I love that. And also think about this when you're learning dancing, it's no different than thinking through a process of learning to code. All right. So I, I, I pause for a moment because sometimes people hear the word code and they're going like, oh, right. But coding is just a is just a language for the computer. It's it's very similar to if we write a sentence in English. My name is Sharon, period. Your name is Ashley, period. Your name is period. like that's just uh, that's the way we write it in English. You write it differently in Spanish and dance. Think about the language that you learn in dance. It's all based on numerics like five, six, seven, eight. And then there's, there's beats and there's movements that go along with it. Well, that's just an algorithm. Mm-hmm. And once you figure out the algorithm for a good thing about TikTok, mm-hmm. what's the, what's his name that just came out? Uh, it was a country singer. It's like the song fancy. Yeah. Um, we're fancy, like <laughs> Applebee's, whatever it is. And, but people have picked mm-hmm. up to that beat and they made a dance to it. That became an algorithm that became automated that went viral. Mm-hmm. Right. All that's computer science. My son and I did a dance to that. Aww, how cute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just saw it the other day and, and, and I said to my son, I was like, should we, should I, should I uh, dance a little bit? He's like, oh no, mom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a great dancer. I pretend. I can follow a good line dance, but you know, I don't know about great things. <laughs> well, um, and I think a lot of our listeners are in that technology industry because we, mm-hmm. we focus a lot on tech. We're in tech. And um, I think, you know, it for the, the for the listeners who aren't in tech, um, obviously our whole world is technology focused these days. Sure. And you mm-hmm. can relate technology to anything. Mm-hmm. And it's it's going that way. Yeah, I it's I love your analogy of how it relates to anything. And dance really resonated with me because I'm like, surely there's nothing technical about that <laughs> that relates to dance. So you just totally blew my mind there. Awesome. 
I was just going to ask is what other, um, advice would you give to someone who's trying to figure out maybe they like, I don't know, a certain something in high school and they're trying to figure out or something in college and they still don't know what they want to do. Um, what are some things that they can do to explore areas? Is it like actually getting out there in in the industry or is it, um, talking to people? Like, Mm -hmm. how do you, how do you figure out what's out there? (laughs) I know it is hard. There's so much, and there's jobs that are not, uh, that are going to be created that we didn't even know existed by the time many of the young people make it go through school, um, high school and college. This is a tough question because all of the above are what I would recommend. You know, I, I t- again, I, I always start with the boomerang factor. What is it that you really have a passion about? What is something that you really enjoy doing? And sometimes it's not always, you know, your hobby. I mean, maybe your hobby, hobby is playing a sport and you love sports, but that's not necessarily what you particularly want to do with the rest of your life. But if you if it is, I, we can talk about how we can relate that to tech. But nonetheless, I think it's thinking about um, you definitely have to get out in the industries. You have to do informational interviews. So one of the things I recommend to many of my young people is start with who is in your network. And what I mean by network is you can start with your family, your friends, your friends' parents. If you're an adult, people that are in your family, your friends, your um, uh, colleagues, you know, what do your colleagues' spouses do? If you're beginning to find yourself have that itch for want to do something different or want to know something else, Start asking, well, what do you do? Tell me more about what your job is every day. So you begin to get a picture. We're very visual as humans. Our brain takes in knowledge. 75% of it comes in. We resonate more with it if it's in visual, it's a visual piece. So it may be looking at some videos. It may be going to that industry. So, hey, can I grab lunch with you? And maybe you give me a little tour about like, you know, what it is y'all do every day. Mm-hmm. Um that's the best way to do it. There's just really no other easy way. It's not, there's not a silver bullet that's going to give you, oh, by the way, Stephanie, you should do this, right? I mean, it's going to evolve over time. And, I, and I'm sure that you all know this too, that what we thought we wanted to do in our 20s is very different than where we are, well, for those yeah. of us that have gone over the hill of 40. But it's, a <laughs> it's a different, you know, I feel like 20s was a great year of ex- exploration. I did lots of different things. 30s was a little more about raising my children, but I still began to get a better understanding. And that's probably not the best answer to hear. But again, I'm going to go back to that piece of what you said, informational interviews, getting out into the industry, doing the research, listening to podcasts, just like yours. That gains so much confidence because you're learning and you don't even realize you're learning. Right. Right. And to your point, um, I do feel like it's okay to, because I was in a completely different industry for seven years, completely different, completely. And, um, you know, I, I didn't know, but I think it's okay to, you know, try something, figure it out. If it doesn't work out, make a change. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And I wouldn't have, been where I am today, but I wanted right. something completely different because I learned after seven years, that's not what I wanted to be doing. So right. Sharon, when we were chatting um, the other day, you mentioned, okay, so for example, if you know Excel mm-hmm. but you, and you want to be better at it, you're like this tech, this technology would get you to, you know, kind of reconfirm and, and your, your knowledge on Excel. What was that? So what I 
what I was recommending about around Excel is two pieces you want to think about when you're thinking about what tech to use. Um, and first of all, let me go back to what you said before, Stephanie, the, the piece of you being in something for seven years, all of that experience you were able to transfer into what you're doing now and running the business and then being able to communicate with your um, clients that are coming in looking for jobs. I mean, that's one thing I think we forget is that even though it's not in the same industry, there is some piece of that that we're able to take and transfer over. There's this word's probably going to start being overused now, but transferable skills, mm -hmm. soft skills, being able to take what you've learned and then adapt it to the next chapter of your life, which takes me back to the Excel question that you asked, Ashley. And that is that Excel, Excel is used by 99% of businesses in the world, right? Um, Word is used, PowerPoint. There are some technical tools that really have have transcended over time, even though we've developed and there's cloud-based technologies and all those things. But if Excel is something that you are using on a regular basis in your work, start there to begin to increase your skill base in using Excel. Excel has developed over, I mean, I give Microsoft a lot of credit because there was a point there was a little bit of a point where there were other technologies that were coming out with visualizations and data analytics and things, and, and that's still happening. But Excel is such an easy tool to add on to your mastery, learn how to do a macro, talk about pivot tables, maybe go in and learn how to create your own formula that you're using on a regular basis. How do you figure out how to take what you've done in Excel and exported out to Power BI, which is the data visualization piece of Excel. Now you can also build a dashboard in Excel and there's not a thing wrong with that. You can build beautiful things in Excel, but it may be that you'd like to share. So you might, the question might be, gosh, man, I'd really like to, to share with my team this customer information, but I'm tired of going back and forth with an Excel spreadsheet. How do I make that work? All right, so you kind of Google that in and you might think about, well, simply you can just take your Excel spreadsheet and import it into Power BI and make a beautiful, I don't know, a pie chart or it could be a bar chart, whatever it is. And then you can share a link because we have cloud technology now to share with, with anybody you want to. So that's where I was going with the Excel piece. And if it's not Excel, it could be, I'm gonna go to the fashion industry. Fashion is a really, they use a, the Adobe platform. But that's beginning to become a little bit um, obsolete because they're starting to use 3D programming or 3D image imagery. So how do you start maybe just taking a class on that? Or maybe you really do master Adobe and then take that skill set and apply it to the next level. So it could be um, if Excel is not the one that you use, whatever it is that the tool that you are using all the time, how do you take your skill set to the next level? One step at a time. Don't mm -hmm. check it all off. Don't try to go and take a class. You're like, <laughs> learn how to create an algorithm in Python from Excel, right? Get, like move to that. Right. Right. No, that, that's, that's a, that's a good piece of advice. I think one step at a time is what I think most people need to remember. Cause I think they get a little overwhelmed, like, oh my gosh, I need to be here, but I'm only here. Right. And, and so just like one step at a time, because I think if you, if you do that one step at a time, I think each step would seem not so hard or not so difficult, a little Correct. bit more digestible to learn. And that that's stuff. the way we want, especially as adults. Well, I, let me take that back. It really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where we are. Your learning capacity is only so much. So if you think about this. 
if you get so much information thrown at you at one time, what happens? Mm-hmm. We all shut down. I'm doing this crazy hand motion. <laughs> but like, I think about like if I'm sitting in a, like, so example, I am traveling, my husband's at a conference and the conference is from like eight to five, but it's nothing but uh, people standing in the front of the room talking at him. Right. What is in our, okay, first of all, we're all visualizing sitting in a conference room with someone talking at us. Secondly, you're probably going, oh no, right? Because mm-hmm. half of that information is not going to be retained. Right. It's just too much at one time. So that's it really across the board when we're learning, we have to do things in smaller pieces and those smaller pieces build to ultimately give us mastery. Mm-hmm. So take your time. Yeah. Do your own pace. And maybe you want to indulge in one day, like do, but I cannot. <laughs> no. I have to put a timer up. I used to like I used to and my mom when I was a kid, she'd say, All right, we're gonna take 30 minutes to to read or whatever and when that 30 minutes is up then you can go and do something else and i'm like oh, well i can handle 30 minutes mm-hmm. right well and, and that means really what a lot. that means a lot coming from someone who has her doctorate degree right mm-hmm. you've you've been through school you've been through multiple masters degrees so th- that's that's valuable let me tell you about what, yeah, I mean, good gracious. I am, I am a hashtag nerd, <laughs> but the way I completed my doctorate and that's a great uh, is, um, cause I was teaching full time when I did my undergrad and my, my first master's, I was, you know, that was, I wasn't working full time at that point, but when I was doing my doctorate, I was working. So what I did is every day I de- I put 30 minutes on the timer. Like I said, my, I mean, I have to tell you, my mom is an amazing human and put so many good life lessons in place for me, but I still have an old school timer and I would put it on 30 minutes and every day I do a little something. And then on Saturdays, I'm, I'm a morning person. So this was actually pre-kids. I mentioned this to y'all early. I defend it when I was three months pregnant with my first son and then walked across the stage at six months uh, pregnant. Man, that was tough. It was hot. <laughs> you know, I was very pregnant at the time, but anyway, um, but on Saturday mornings, I would get up and I would give myself like a two hour time frame, And then when that was done, I just put it down yeah. because that was the way I had to work. And then little by little, all of a sudden I was like, holy moly, I've done half of my dissertation and it's just been like yeah. little snippets. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that I will say too, is my dissertation correlated hand in hand with what I was teaching in the classroom. So I'll also go back to that piece is it, when you're learning something new, try to think about what's really going to benefit you in your work or in your job or where you want to get to next. Right. And then you're more invested. Yeah, that's great advice. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that it's a, it kind of ties into what I'm going to say next. And what I want to leave our listeners with is an actionable item for something that they can do at home to take that next step. And I think that's another good piece that you mentioned to us um, before and probably something that you um, have done, you know, to achieve all the things that you have is have an actionable item um, Mm -hmm. for, I guess, what you want to do. So what would you leave our listeners with as one or two actionable items that they can take home and, and start doing at home now? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this in two pieces and I'm going to try to be quick about it. But the first is if you ultimately know where you want to be in X amount of time, know where you want to be and then work your way backwards on the steps you need to get to that end piece. 
if it is you want to retire or if it's when you want to switch to a different career or you want to have earned X amount of dollars, whatever that goal is, know what it is and then back it up a little bit to think of the steps you need to do to get there. If you have no idea what that goal is, then start with doing a bit of discovery. Step one is think about what your boomerang is. What is it that you keep going back to? What is it that you love? And how could you learn more about that? Learn more about what that industry looks like and then take steps to begin to explore. It's amazing what will open up when you just ask some questions. Right. You know, um, and, and maybe I'll, I'll add this too. If, if you are in a role where technology, which almost every role is this way, but is a really key component and you might not have brushed up on some of those skills in some time, start looking for some opportunities to learn a little new, uh, learn how to make a macro or learn how to use something in Canva or uh, possibly learn how to use Google Sheets more effectively. Or there's always, you know, sometimes um, if you're a Google or Microsoft, Microsoft Teams has all these cool little things that they've added to it. Just one little piece that will help you do your job better. And then that will help you open the doors. So action items are a little muddled there. Um, (laughs) You know what your goal is, know what it is, back it up and and look at the steps. If you don't know, start doing a little bit of exploration, ask some questions, maybe Google it, maybe YouTube it, whatever. And third, if you're in a place where you are using technology, try to add on one new skill to what you're already doing. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't have to be huge. It doesn't mean going out and taking a $10,000 class. Go to LinkedIn where they have classes, go to Udemy, go to Coursera, any of those places. Heck, just go to YouTube and Google it. In right. 10 minutes or less, you can know how to make a pivot table. Right. Any of those things. Yeah. And all of this validates your current experience now and just helps you continue to build that base, get to where you need to be. And then I, we all, we've always talked about in previous episodes to write everything down because, gosh, if we don't write it down. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> It doesn't I have happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, have to, <laughs> I mean, it's, it doesn't really matter for me as technologically savvy as I am. There's something still very important about holding a pen or a pencil in my right. hand and yep. then writing down. Even yes, not you. I don't. Uh, some of my friends have like switched over to like using the notes on your phone. But like I it still doesn't do it. I tried. I, mm-hmm. Yeah, I tried. I can't do it. That's that's the organizational tip for me is write it down. Yeah. Write it down. I know. No, I think that's great information, great advice. Um, You know, I hope our listeners take the time. I'm going to take the time to do these actionable items because, of course, we can all get better. Um, And I wanted to mention, too, so Sharon, you have a radio show called Coding the Future, right? I do. I do. Mm -hmm. And where, where can we find that? So that's on the Voice America Network, um, but you can look. You can actually download Coding the Future on any of the app platforms. Okay. And, and want- yeah, so any of the app platforms, it works. Okay, and then you also have a podcast podcast called Lady Tech Jammer podcast. podcast. You're getting very fancy there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know it's a little nuts. So you know, we were talking about some of the the pieces of what we thought we wanted to do when we were young. I really thought I was going to be a radio DJ and I, and I still maybe ultimately might ever do that sometime. But one thing that I've loved about tech is it's provided an opportunity to be able to fulfill 
this part of my love of radio and talking and sharing. So yes, I have um, the coding the future. And then I have a wonderful podcast with two other women in the tech industry uh, called lady tech charmers. And that's at ladytechcharmers.com or you can download it on any of the podcast platforms as well. Which nice. I think is awesome. Yes. Um, you also have the adult consulting group and then your nonprofit. Yes. The nonprofit is dottyrosefoundation.org. So if anyone is interested in supporting young ladies, find their voice in tech, would like to volunteer or support um, by a donation for a young lady to go through one of our workshops or camps, you can find out more information there. And then the dot consulting is the dot consulting.co. And I would love to work with anybody who is there in education or, um, you know, in a assimilation with an education entity to help have that conversation about opening the doors for what is the discipline of computer science. It's not just coding mm -hmm. and how we integrate and create and not consume. Yes. Awesome. Well, Dr. Sharon Jones, you're amazing. I um, I look forward to staying in touch and um, checking out your radio show and then the podcast. And we'll definitely keep you in mind as we're talking to women in the technology industry and, um, you know, vice versa. I look forward to building this relationship. It's been me awesome. Too. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you and for having me. Please, everyone, um, subscribe, comment, share. We'd really love for this to get out. And until next time, guys, live bold and boss up. This is a Rock Stops here with Rock Riley Quick Fix on Radio Influence. You ready for some football? Here he is, the sage of Tampa Bay sports, the one, the only, Mr. Ira Kaufman. You went to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. You were there as a guest with John Lynch because you made the speech all those years he got in. What was the experience like being in Canton? It was fantastic, and it was even more gratifying because I brought my wife. She had never been there. Beautiful. And I'd been there three or four times, and... We went to Lynch's party and, you know, musical guest Lionel Richie, not too bad. <laughs> Glazers were there. Uh, McKay, all his uh, former henchmen in Tampa oh, nice. were, were there. Tim Ruskell, okay. John Idzik, um, and, of course, a lot of, uh, you know, Lynch's contemporary players. Uh, you know, the uh, the Mike Allstotts are out there. The Brad Johnsons are out there. Great to see it. And then uh, Sunday we went to the hall. We got there a little early. We went through the hall. Went through the bust. I saw Sap and Brooks's bust. They're on opposite sides of the wall. They're looking straight at That's each other. That's what I heard. I wonder what they're saying to each other <laughs> in the middle of the night after the janitor goes home. And then, of course, the enshrinement ceremony, and I'm sitting in the buck section. And then Lynch gives me a shout-out. I never expected it. I never expected it. I turned to my wife. I said, I was watching honey, the TV. I was like, she, I told my wife. I said, he just mentioned I Ira. Said, I said, honey, did you just hear what Lynch said? She was in a catatonic state. She couldn't, she, so she couldn't cool. answer me. That's so cool. And I didn't expect it. What a class move by a class individual. The Rock stops here with longtime radio and TV personality. Rock Riley is found anywhere you find podcasts and radioinfluence.com.